0: Well good morning church. It is good to be with you here this morning. Uh, You know something that continues to to just resonate with me um, as I continue to live and I uh, uh, encounter people is that hurt people hurt people. That oftentimes when people feel like they have been wronged, like something has been done to them, uh, when someone has uh, come into their life and, and hurt them in some way, uh, that oftentimes the response, the result uh, of one hurt is another hurt. I mean, it seems to be one of the most natural responses in, in all of humanity. You hurt me and I'm going to hurt you back, Right? I mean, it's the plot of almost every movie we see anymore. You've hurt me. uh, You've done something to me or to my group. And so uh, I'm going to come and get you back. I want my justice. And maybe you know a little bit what I'm talking about. Maybe someone has hurt you. Maybe Maybe it's a hurt that was in the past. Maybe it was apparent. Now, maybe it is that that parent abused you in some way. Maybe it was emotional or physical abuse. And here you are sitting here today and you are thinking, I couldn't possibly begin to give them a mulligan. I couldn't give them any level of forgiveness. They hurt me. I've been hurt. Maybe it is that you have a coworker. Uh, Maybe that's in the present, maybe there's this co-worker, uh, and and for, for whatever reason, they seem to have it out for you. Where it is that you work, there are formal complaints, and you have found that this particular worker has a thing for formal complaints with your name on them. You're thinking, that's not fair, you don't even know me, I've worked hard here, I've worked here longer than you have. In your mind, you're thinking, I even do a better job doing what I do than you do do your job, and I'm not filling out formal complaints on you. And while it is that those people above you, your bosses, your administration, while it is that... You don't lose your job, you find that perhaps it is these very formal complaints that are standing in the way of you advancing. Maybe it's just a co-worker that, for whatever reason, doesn't want to shift, uh, switch shifts with you, although they'll switch shifts for everybody else in the entire organization, but not with you. And in fact, when you come to them on one occasion, and it may be an, even in an emergency, you go to them, and, and they kind of spit in your eye, so to speak. Not in a million years. I wonder if you've ever had a friend betray a trust. Trust. I wonder if you've had a a friend whom you have given something. You have trusted them uh, with a a jewel of your family. You have said, look, this is who I am. You have been transparent with them in a way that uh, perhaps you haven't been transparent with almost anybody else. You thought, I I can surely trust them, Uh, they're my friend. And they have taken that jewel, that thing, uh, that piece of information, that, that, that great transparency that you shared with them, and they have taken it and used it as a knife. And maybe you walked in this morning and the knife still sticks in your back. You can feel it every time you move. You think of that friend, you know that you have been hurt. Maybe it is that a spouse has hurt you. Maybe they're sitting right next to you or very near you or maybe you're you're here by yourself. But you're thinking about the hurt that your spouse has caused you. Maybe they have found comfort in someone other than you. Maybe it is that they just don't simply spend time with you. Uh, Maybe it is that they have, uh, have done something to you. They're your spouse after all. They know all the red buttons to push, and they just keep pushing that button. And you can say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, My spouse, my spouse has hurt me. Here's my question this morning How do you handle your hurt? With all of the hurts that all of us could probably fill this room and and that one over there and that one over there. With all the hurt that we could carry with us in this, this morning. How is it that we handle our hurt? When we know that we have been hurt by someone, maybe close to us, an associate of ours. How is it that we handle that hurt? What do we do with it? How do we respond this morning we're going to get into God's word, and there's this Bible guy. His name's Paul, and Paul is uh, in this situation uh, in a particular uh, area of church, and there are people in the church that are as different as any two groups of people could possibly be. I mean, if we were to set out this group, um, we would say that there are uh, there are people who are red, and there are people who are blue. Are you with me? Their politics are different. Their ethnicity is different. How they go about living their lives is different. Uh, They don't raise their families the same. They don't have the same sorts of customs. Uh, And yet, somehow, they have to come into and be a single church. And in the midst of all of that, uh, this Bible guy... His name is Paul. He comes in, and what he wants to do is he begins to say, "Hey, uh, by the way, despite all of your differences, despite the fact that uh, you over here are red and you over here are blue, uh, despite the fact that you you will raise your children this way and you will raise your children this way, uh, it doesn't matter the fact that uh, that you have all of these different customs and your your diet is even going to be different. I want you to know that you're all alike, at least in one." thing. He's going to say, you're all alike in the, in the fact that you have all rebelled against God. And God calls that sin. All of you. It doesn't matter whether you're red or blue or your ethnicity, all of y'all have, have all sinned. So he sets the foundation there. He says, hey, bottom line, everybody's a sinner. Look at this. You all have all rebelled against God. You've done stuff that wasn't right. Oh, and by the way, how is it that you're going to find your way back to God? You're all going to find your way back to God in one way, and that's not because of your ethnicity or because you how you you raise your children. That's because of God's good grace. That's how you're going to get back to God. You're not going to do it any other way. That's the way. And then he's going to begin to say, hey, there's some things that if you decide that you want to follow Jesus, if you call yourself a disciple or a follower of God, then there's some things that you ought to know about how you ought to live your life. And he begins to say things like, now, you, you can't be conformed to the, way, the, the patterns of the world. He's saying, don't let the world label how it is that you're going to live. Don't let the world come and decide and put a name tag on you in regards to how you're going to live your life. And then he comes down very soon after that, and he begins to talk about this very key aspect to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He says, hey, uh, you all know now that you're sinners. You all know uh, that it's by God's grace that you can be saved, that you can uh, know a relationship with God that was forever torn, uh, and that he reconciled you to himself. And now you need to, to allow yourself to begin to love people. He says your, your love has to be sincere. It has to be real. It has to be genuine. There's no fake love here. It has to be just as real as that, 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 that kind of love that Jesus took with him to the cross. It has to be that real. And in that vein, in that vein of this sincere love, he says it's not just for the people that you're sitting next to this morning. It's not just for people who think like you and act like you. It's not just for people who, in fact, are followers of Jesus. It's not just for all the good church people on Sunday morning. No, he's going to say that it's for those who bully you. It's for those that poke at you. It's, in fact, maybe even for those that hurt you. So this morning, as we wrap up this series, Life Size Mulligans, we take a real clear picture at revenge. We take a real clear picture of answering the question, how do I handle my hurt? How is it that I should respond as a follower of Jesus when I know that someone has hurt me? And there's so many things. We're going to look through the scriptures and we're going to see that there is a particular pattern of action, of response that God wants us to partake in, that he wants us to do. When it is that we have been hurt, and we know, and we carry that hurt deep inside of us, uh, God is going to challenge us. He is going to, in fact, confront us. Uh, His world is going to collide with our own. Uh, We are going to be confronted this morning with our most natural inclination uh, to have revenge. God is going to encourage a particular level of action this morning. And we're also going to see through this looking glass that God gives to us, that we can count on God, that God himself is actually a part of this entire process. That when we know that there are people who have hurt us, uh, there is a God that does something about it. So if you're interested in any of that this morning, if you want to answer that question, Open up to Romans chapter twelve with me. Open up to Romans chapter twelve. If you go to the New Testament and you hit Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans, so after Romans or uh, after Acts, uh, you're going to get to that book of Romans. And we're going to be in chapter 12. Chapter 12. How do we handle our hurt? What is our response when we know that other people have hurt us and hurt us deeply? That we are wounded. God comes out and says, "I want you to be nice to them. I don't want you to to curse them. I don't want you to crush them." I don't want you to return persecution for persecution. I don't want you to retaliate. I want you to be kind. And in fact, I I want you to bless them. Look with me, would you, in verse 14 of chapter 12. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse Now, skip down, would you, with me to verse 17? Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Come down to verse 20. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It seems fairly plain. When it is that you are experiencing hurt at the hands of someone else, someone else in the sphere of your influence, God is saying, I want you to bless them, I don't want you to crush them, I, 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 don't, want to, uh, I don't want you to demean them, I want you to seek peace with them. I want you to seek ways that you might be able to bless them. And gang, if we're going to be able to bless people instead of trying to crush them uh, under some level of curse, uh, then we have to be willing to forgive. And and here is forgiveness. Uh, Forgiveness is not saying what you did was okay. Forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is saying, I release you from the guilt of what you've done. I release you from these negative feelings. I I release that. That offense that you have done to me, I am going to let that ride. I'm going to let it go. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's really important here in a minute, but what he's saying is that, that this is the very thing that you and I have to be willing to do if we want to follow Jesus. You see, for these people, uh, it's Jews and Gentiles who aren't getting along very well. In fact, some of the Gentiles have begun to to persecute the church. Some people are experiencing some level of social uh, persecution. Some are actually... experiencing some physical persecution. They're uh, they're physically being tortured because they know Jesus. Uh, Others, it's their business that is failing because no one wants to go and shop there anymore because they recognize they're Christians. But either way, uh, they're experiencing great hurt at the hands of someone else. And Paul comes along and says, hey, in all of that, I want you to do something for me. Because you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to bless those who are persecuting you. It may be the hardest thing we ever do as Christians love my enemy as myself. If someone hurts you, can you think of it? Is it a parent? Has a parent hurt you? Are you carrying around this hurt as you walk through your daily life, as you go to work? Are you, are you hurt by your parents? Do you make decisions based on the hurt that your parents have done to you, whatever that hurt has been? I wonder if this morning, if you're not being confronted with the opportunity to no longer withhold that guilt, to hold that offense against your parent. And maybe even even take the next step and figure out uh, what is it that I can do to actually bless that person. What can I do today to bring goodness into their life? Over the years, I've known a whole variety of stories in ministry. And trust me, I've heard plenty of hurts and pains of things that parents have done, of things that adult children now hold against their parents. You know, one of the things that often happens is parents... New parents with other adult parents, and now their parents themselves, they say, Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to allow you to to see my children. And what they're doing is just saying, I'm going to hold on to the offense. I'm going to hold on to that hurt, and I'm going to make sure that you feel what I feel. I'm retaliating against you because I can't handle this anymore. And you're going to know, you're going to pay for what you did. I want revenge. And Paul, our Bible guy, he's saying, don't repay evil for evil. There's that coworker, that person who has has time and again they have have really poked at you. Uh, they have filed that formal complaint against you, and you you really would rather just kind of, if you're honest with yourself, and maybe a non-Christian way, but you're still a very human, and you don't like them, and you would maybe if you could, you would get them fired, or maybe slip a little arsenic in their tea. Did I just hear someone say, yeah, that's true? (laughs) Okay, okay. Hey, we're being honest. That's good. But I think God is confronting us, isn't he? What will you do with that coworker? How will you seek to bless them in the midst of your hurt with them when they're the ones Hurting you. How about your neighbor? How about your friend? The one who betrayed you? Who used that information and, the, and you walked in with the knife still in your back? How about them? What will you do with them? Well, you, you send them a text maybe? Maybe uh, you'll say, you know what? I, 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 need, I need to let that offense go. I need to allow... Uh, The guilt to to just be released, my negative feelings for them need to be gone. And I'm going to seek to bless them. I'm not sure just exactly how that's going to happen, but I'm going to begin by having them over for supper. After all, they, they were a good friend. I want you to see something in the text that maybe you missed. It's, it's there in verse 20. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Now notice the result of all that. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, there's all sorts of interpretations of what it means to be heaping coals on someone's head. Some people have said, oh, you do good, and then you heap burning coals on their head, you know, like we can sit back and laugh. (laughs) But that would be revenge, wouldn't it? So that's not what's going on here. You see, the practice of heaping burning coals on your head, it was actually an Egyptian thing that kind of migrated uh, in with the people of Israel. What would happen uh, for the Egyptians is, is if they had made a business deal or if they were uh, in a family and there was some relational wrong that had been done and the person, uh, let's say it's me and I recognize that I have wronged you, uh, what would happen is they would go back and in a public sort of way, that uh, this was really to be an act of repentance. It was an act of saying, I was absolutely wrong. It was done voluntarily by the one who had done the hurting. It was done by the person that had said or had done something to infringe or cause offense with someone else's life. So they would take a walk And they would fill it with kind of briquettes and hot coals, uh, and they would take it and put a towel over their head, and they would stick it on their head, and they would go to a public place, and it was a recognition uh, for everybody else to say, look, my thoughts have been burned clean. I have been purified of my thoughts. I was wrong." Perhaps it is that the picture is much bigger than we realize. How is it that we should handle our hurts? God says you should be kind. You should not uh, seek to curse or to crush, but to bless instead. And why? Why should we seek to bless? Because you don't know how a piece of kindness to someone who has constantly decided to hurt you may impact that person's ability to be able to repent before the God of the universe. You see, and it comes all back around, doesn't it? We recognize once again that God is a good God who has has forgiven us of many, many, many sins. And we are thankful that God does not hold this negative offense or guilt against us. And instead decided to do the very thing that this guy, Paul, is saying that we ought to do for other people. When we experience hurt, we handle our hurt by blessing others in hopes that one day they will stand up and recognize that they have done wrong. And that this might be something that God uses to bring them to himself. But we have to be willing to take the step and accept the challenge of blessing those who hurt us most. Why? Why in the world does God expect us to do this? What is it that God's going to do? Is he just going to sit back and watch? I mean, is he going to be like hands off on this whole thing? Well, of course not. Of course he's not. I skipped over a verse intentionally. Would you go back to verse 19 with me? It says, Don't take revenge, my friends. Don't take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, It's mine to avenge, I will repay. You know what you do when you don't forgive? You take justice into your own hands. When you don't forgive, you are actively seeking revenge. But Paul is saying, God's word is saying, that that's God's, that's not yours. It's not yours to avenge. It's not yours to have wrath. And so whether or not this person ever comes to any level of repentance is not up to you entirely. Whether or not you see justice in this life is not your priority. Your priority is to see them blessed. You let God handle God's stuff. Because you don't get paid enough. That's above your pay grade. you let God handle the wrath. So if there is justice to be had, you can know that God works for His people. If you've been hurt, know and trust that God is going to be just. If not in this life, certainly in the next. And He is saying... When you experience this kind of hurt, your job is to take them out for supper. It's God's job to take them out to the woodshed. If you want wrath to be paid, you let God handle it. You pick up the tab. God will take them out to the back 40. God's wrath belongs To him, not to you. So, Christians don't seek revenge. Instead, you forgive. You seek peace. And you let God handle that other stuff. He says, be at peace. If it is possible with you, be at peace with everyone. The idea there is that, of course, it's possible. Of course it's possible. So this morning, maybe with the hurt that you carried in, can I challenge you to drop those negative feelings, to drop the offense, to stop living in bitterness, and trust God enough that if you bless, one, there may be an opportunity for them, and two, that if they don't, God's gonna take care of it. Let's pray. Gracious God, Lord God, we, we hurt. People hurt us. It hurts to hurt we don't want to hurt anymore. So Lord, I pray that you will heal us and you will grant us the kind of strength and the kind of power that only comes from you that would allow us to drop the negative feelings of offense and bitterness. And Lord, would you prompt us with the people that have hurt us, would you prompt us to bless Would you help us to find ways in which we could reach out so that perhaps, perhaps one day there would be a voluntary recognition of hurt. Lord, not just that they've hurt us, but they've hurt you. And that they could come to know you in a real way. Lord, I pray that you will help us with all the courage that we can muster, with all the strength that you could possibly give. I pray that we would trust you enough. I pray that we would trust you enough that you can handle justice, that you can handle wrath. Lord, I pray that we would choose to forgive rather than pursue our own vengeance. Lord, help us to live this sort of Christian life And may our lives never be the same because of it. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.